Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the second hour of the program. Glad you're with me. You know, if you're in Atlanta listening on my flagship station at two o'clock, uh, y'all are going to get preempted because, well, it's the National College Football Championship and uh, WSB is going to give some wall-to-wall coverage and have Mark Aramon starting at two as Georgia battles against Alabama tonight in Indianapolis. This now, now for those of you nationwide, just just for perspective here, there's a constitutional issue here. Believe it or not, there actually is a constitutional legal issue uh, that comes into play. The by law, by law. The Monday following um, the first Monday, it's weirdly written, it's the Monday, basically the second Monday in January under the Georgia state constitution, the Georgia legislature must convene. So today, the Georgia legislature must convene and there's been a big concern they would not have a quorum to gather the state legislature in order to get everybody up to uh, Indianapolis because everybody wants to go to Indianapolis to see the Georgia-Alabama game. So apparently they were going to gavel in and by agreement, no one was going to challenge the quorum and then they were going to immediately adjourn so that they could meet their constitutional requirement of gaveling in on the second Monday of January and then gavel out before anyone could suggest the absence of a quorum so they could all hightail it to Indianapolis to watch a football game. That will happen tonight, and it'll be a replay. Now, you know, the Georgia-Michigan game on ESPN was the most-watched college football game this year. And there's a real question as to whether or not anyone is really going to care, other than Georgia and Alabama fans. Will anyone at all really care that Georgia and Alabama are meeting tonight on the football field again? It was only uh, not that long ago that they meet. Alabama won that one, and, and will Georgia win this one? We'll see. Um, Satan's still in charge of Alabama, so I suspect, well, I may wind up having to wear Alabama gear and lose a bet this week on TV. Nonetheless, we move on. The phone number here, if you'd like to be a part of the program, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. I want to begin out of the gate with some phone calls here because I didn't take any in the last hour. Uh, Jerry, I'm going to go to you first. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Eric. Hey, real quickly, I just had an observation regarding last Friday's Supreme Court um, arguments regarding the vaccine. And this is just another example of, of the virus exposing another broken institution. And you have the leftists on there, Sotomayor, Breyer, Kagan, literally not making one constitutional argument why the vaccine should possibly stand. And instead, when you said earlier about truth, really just making up facts for their argument. It just shows that you know what, they've already got a preconceived conclusion, and now we're going to work our way back or, backwards regardless of what the facts are. It's just, it's, I'm not, I don't know why I'm surprised, but it's just so eye-opening. And I just want to get your thoughts on Friday. Well, you know, so I'm glad you brought that up. And it's kind of one reason, Jerry, I wanted to go on and take your phone call is because it's kind of where I want to go with this in, in schools. Uh, Sonia Sotomayor, just so you guys know, well, I, I, I got to, I got to, do a, a larger issue here for you. Um, and I need you to follow along with me. I'm going to make this as simple as I possibly can. Uh, but we got to, we got to do a little bit of constitutional law here. Now, believe it or not in law school, 
constitutional law was was not only my favorite class, but one of my highest grades. The Constitution of the United States is a constitution of enumerated powers. Uh, If you look and compare state constitutions to the federal constitution, state constitutions are pretty broad. The federal constitution is more precise. And the reason for that precision is because the, uh, the constitution is one of enumerated powers that is documented uh, numbered powers that are ceded by the states to a federal government. To go back in time, the founders originally constructed the Articles of Confederation where the 13 states, sovereign states, ceded powers, but they had to agree in unanimity and they had to offer money to a national government. It wasn't very strong. And they started running into all sorts of powers uh, problems. It became very clear it was not really a workable solution. So they got together to amend the Articles of Confederation, and it turned into a constitutional convention where they decided they needed a stronger federal government, but they wanted to be clear they were ceding powers from the states of limited enumerated powers to Washington. Article 1, Section 8 lays out the powers ceded to Washington. Congress has the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises to pay debts, provide for the general welfare of the United States, but all duties, imposts, and excises shall be uniform, to borrow money on the credit of the U.S., to regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with Indian tribes, to establish uniform rule of naturalization, uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies, to coin money and to fix standards of weighted measure, to provide for the punishment of counterfeiting the securities and coin of the United States, to establish post offices and roads, to provide for the progress of science and useful arts, to constitute tribunals inferior to the Supreme Court, to define and punish piracies and felonies upon the high seas and offenses against the laws of nations, to declare war, grant letters of market reprisal, and make rules regarding captures on land and water, to raise and support armies, but no appropriation of money to that use shall be for longer than two years, to maintain a navy, to make rules for the government and regulation of the land and naval forces, to provide for the calling up of the militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrections, repel invasions, to provide for organizing, arming, and disciplining the militias, to exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over the District of Columbia, and to make laws necessary and proper for those foregoing laws. That's it. Those are the whole powers of Congress. You will note that many of the sections deal with war. So clearly Congress is for the mutual defense of the nation so that each state does not have to protect itself. Congress can have a national army and navy to protect the United States. The uh, They establish courts, patents, things that broadly impact all of us. The, the Commerce Clause is probably the one where Congress gets most of its powers to do things. You will notice what's not in there. What is not in there is a police power. So, for example, the Federal Bureau of Investigation is not a police operation. Certainly, they enforce the laws, they arrest people, and they can send you to jail through prosecution, but it's not a police power. There is also not a health care power. The health care power is actually a police power of the states. These are enumerated powers. 
if the Constitution does not give Congress a particular power, Congress does not have that power. That power relies resides with the states or the people. And in fact, the Tenth Amendment makes that very clear. The powers not explicitly given to Congress reside with the states or the people. It's why the federal Constitution is very precise and the state constitutions are very broad because all of the powers of government reside with state governments except the ones specifically given to Congress. That's a very long setup for this. On Friday at the Supreme Court hearing, Sonia Sotomayor was confused as to why the federal government did not have a police power. It is... Constitutional Law 101, Con Law 101. You learn it your first year in law school. The police power resides with the states. What was even more horrifying, honestly, than an idiot on the Supreme Court not knowing this, and Sonia Sotomayor, if you go back to the Obama appointment days, uh, even the Latino legal societies were adamant he shouldn't put her on the court because she wasn't that bright. What was so amazing, though, is the number of constitutional law professors at Ivy League institutions who bit heaven and earth and broke the Constitution trying to defend her claim about a federal police power. There isn't one. There are certain ways in which the federal government can investigate and enforce federal laws. And in fact, the Article 1, Section 8 gives Congress that power, but it's very limited. It does not include a health care power. The fact that they didn't know this, the fact that that she didn't know this, the fact that she tried to argue this is mind-numbingly stupid when it's a a member of the the Supreme Court. Now, on top of that, what the left did to try to obviate, because, you know, also she got all her COVID data wrong. She claimed 100,000 children are in hospitals in America with COVID, which isn't true. And the left began an assault on Neil Gorsuch. Neil Gorsuch said in uh, using a comparison to the flu, that the flu kills hundreds, thousands of people. Hundreds, comma, thousands of people a year. Left-wing reporters, including someone from Newsweek, claimed he said hundreds of thousands. The initial Supreme Court transcript also said hundreds of thousands, They corrected the transcript because in the audio, you don't hear the word of, you hear a pause. Hundreds, thousands of deaths. That was his tone of voice, meaning it kills hundreds of people or thousands of people, not hundreds of thousands. And so they try to say, oh, well, Sotomayor got that wrong, but Neil Gorsuch got the flu rate wrong. Well, Neil Gorsuch didn't get it wrong. He said hundreds, thousands of people a year. Sonia Sotomayor said hundreds of thousands of children or a hundred thousand children. And they obfuscated on that, trying to do damage control. Here, you know, this gets back to a core point here. If the people who are in charge of, of patrolling the news and telling us what is the news and what is not news, and the people who are in charge of explaining to us the way our government works are so off basis in pursuit of an agenda, why should they expect anyone else to not do the same thing? There's either truth or there's not. And if you give up on the truth, if you just decide, forget what the Constitution actually says, we're just going to go do our own thing and say it's constitutional. We're going to weave what we want into a Constitution when it's not supposed to be there. Why can't other people do that? We have currently in this country 
institutions breaking down, trust in institutions breaking down, a breakdown in trust. And you would think it would behoove our leaders, our elected officials, our appointed officials, our bureaucrats, our media to try to restore trust in the institutions instead of bullying their way through it. Right now, Rochelle Walensky at the CDC is starting to come on television and say a lot of things that you and I have known to be true for a very long time. For example, the death rate for COVID, the people most likely to die of COVID have overwhelming multiple morbidity, comorbidities. It's not just you get COVID and you die. It's you get COVID and you die because you're old, have diabetes, and you're overweight. We've known that for a very long time. We've been talking about that on here with the data since June or July of 2020. And suddenly it seems to be new to the, 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 the elite. Suddenly it seems to be new to the head of the CDC. Suddenly it's new to members of the media, stuff we've talked about the entire time. And you know why suddenly they're talking about this. And I know why they're suddenly talking about this in ways you and I have talked about this for over a year only to be denounced for it. It's because the polling is very bad for the Democrats. If the polling were very good, they would keep it going. But the polling has turned very badly for the Democrats. And so now they have to give up their talking points they've held on to for two years and move on to where you and I were a year and a half ago. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. To my point, and we're going to get into the schools here because my gosh, the Democrats are turning on the teachers' unions. This is the headline from the Associated Press. The AP Nork poll, inflation up, virus down among priorities, headed into a critical midterm election year. The top polling concerns of Americans are shifting in ways that suggest Democrats face considerable challenges to maintaining their control of Congress. A poll from the Associated Press, Nork Center for Public Affairs Research, finds that management of the pandemic, once an issue that strongly favored President Biden and his Democratic allies, is beginning to recede in the minds of Americans. COVID-19 is increasingly overshadowed by concerns about the economy and personal finances, particularly inflation, which are topics that could lift Republicans. Just 37% of Americans named the virus as one of their top five priorities for the government to work on in 2022, compared with 53% who said it was a leading priority at the same time a year ago. The economy outpaced the pandemic in the open-ended question with 68% of respondents mentioning it in some way as a top 2022 concern. A similar percentage said the same last year, but mentions of inflation are much higher now, 14% this year. Compared with 1% last year, consumer prices jumped 6.8% for the 12 months ending in November, a four-decade high. So the big issues now, the economy, COVID has trended very far down. Immigration, health care, personal finances, gun issues is tied with cost of living. Climate change has receded. It's just striking. A concern about COVID down 16%. The economy remains fixed at 68% as the top concern. 
immigration has shot up 14 points as a concern. Now, here's the striking thing. This, to me, is the most striking thing. Gun issues have jumped up 19%. Personal finances have jumped up 12%. Immigration has jumped up 14%, while COVID has fallen 16%. Now, you know one of the issues that's not on here, and this is why I find the gun issue interesting. Why have gun issues jumped 19%? You know what's not on the list? Crime. Crime. Really striking, isn't it? They don't list the word crime. My guess is that gun issues has taken the place of crime because people need to protect themselves from criminals because in every other poll, crime is a pretty big issue. It's not asked here. The fact that the cost of living in personal finances is up 12% and it not actually up as much as the gun issue, which is now tied for 24%, is pretty striking. And immigration dominates them all. Concern about COVID is 37%. Concern about immigration is 32%. Concern about COVID is down 16%. Concern about immigration is up 14%. These aren't good numbers for Democrats, which is probably why all the rhetoric has started changing, which is probably why all the concern about COVID, even in the media, in the first hour, I played you the, the reliable sources, audio suddenly trying to talk Democrats into a semblance of reasonableness where it didn't exist. I don't think, I really don't think the Democrats really quite understand what's at stake here. And maybe they're starting to. When we come back, we should dwell on that for a minute because education is holding firm here in this AP poll. From a year ago to now, education is only at 19% and it hasn't changed. Which raises a couple of red flags about the poll, but the fact that it hasn't changed while COVID concerns have collapsed maybe suggests that education really is an interesting big issue where Republicans can capitalize. And the fact that the Democrats themselves are turning on the CDC and on educator teachers unions and trying to double down on in-person learning maybe suggests the tide has changed and they realize they're doomed unless they themselves change. You sure can call in if you want to be a part of the program. We got to talk about the education issue because it is heating up nationwide. I want to play for you a couple of things. Uh, First of all is Zeke Emanuel. You know who Zeke Emanuel is? Rahm Emanuel's brother. He's the, the guy who came up with the idea of uh, Obamacare and death panels and the like. A healthcare expert. They trotted him out onto MSNBC. I think it was MSNBC. And I want you to listen to what Zeke Emanuel says. You might hear yourself reflected in this. Let me make two clear points. First, uh, I agree with Mayor Lightfoot that kids have to be in school. And we know that virtual learning did not work. It was a failure across the country, and we kept kids out way too long. What do we have to do? Teachers have to be fully vaccinated and get boosted. Children who can be vaccinated 
have to be vaccinated. Then we have to put in good air purifiers into classrooms. They either have to have MERV-13 air handling or put in a HEPA filter. There are billions of dollars available for the federal government to improve and upgrade schools and wear high-quality masks where they can. That makes schools safer. We know virtual learning for kids, you know, in first grade and above is not very effective for them, and we lose many kids. So I think we have to prioritize in-person learning and put the safety measures we know work to reduce transmission to work there. I do think that we have our priorities upside down when we think dining in restaurants, going to football games, going to basketball games are more important than having schools open. That just seems uh, upside down in this country. Really? Really? And you all been saying this for a while now. This is the mayor of Chicago. The teachers unions in Chicago have have uh, they've walked off the job again a fourth day. Listen to this. And to be clear, uh, what the Chicago Teachers Union did was an illegal walkout. They abandoned their posts and they abandoned kids and their families. Um, We are working diligently every single day at the bargaining table to narrow the differences and to get a deal done. My team has been working um, every single day. They're back at it again uh, here Sunday. They were at it yesterday. And we can get a deal done if there's goodwill on both sides. Goodwill on both sides. Goodwill to men, I guess. In Boston, they've shut down schools. It's too cold, they said. That's their excuse. It is abundantly obvious at this point that, well, let me put it this way. Both parties, let, let me, let me, in the interest of fairness, high-mindedness, and intellectual honesty, never underestimate the ability of both parties to overplay their hands. Now, what happens here is people are stupid. And a collection of stupid people is known as a political party. And a political party, when it sees it is getting results, continues to push further and further and further and further and further and further and further in the direction of which it perceives it is getting those results until it goes so far as to get negative consequences. It overplays its hand. Both parties overplay their hands. At all times, when one party is going so well in one direction and clearly dominating the conversation, they inevitably go too far. The Republicans do it. The Democrats do it. The Democrats, however, happen to be the ones in charge right now. The Democrats happen to control the Congress and the White House and a lot of these major cities. And until recently, states like Virginia... And they shut down schools and they made everybody go remote. Local liberal boards of education around the country in urban areas dominated by Democrats and progressives shut down schools and said, you got to do remote learning. In Virginia, you will recall, they went after parents who had the audacity of hiring tutors for their kids because they'd be getting an unfair advantage. And it worked for a while. For a time... Parents felt it was necessary for a time. Everybody thought, you know what? We can't go to work. We're on lockdown. Don't put teachers at risk. Don't put kids at risk. Well, guess what changed? There's this thing now called a vaccine. Now, it's not perfect, as we know. And in fact, with the Omicron variant, it's far less 
perfect than before. There is some mythology out there that if you've gotten the vaccine, you're far more likely to get uh, COVID. Actually, the reason for that, if you follow it, it's a correlation causation issue. It's if you've got a vaccine, you tend to let your guard down more. And therefore, with Omicron, which penetrates the vaccines, you're more likely to get it, not because you got the vaccine, but because you're living your life the way you're supposed to live your life once you got vaccinated. And Omicron breaks through. But the left has an update of the playbook. Everything's got to be locked down still. We must live in fear of a virus. It's nonsensical, and yet this is where we are. Now, how's this working out for them? The polling has trended against them, and parents are furious. And the fact that they have gone in a 180 degrees in a different direction now suggest they are mindful of the fact that the polling is very, very bad. But it's not just education. Institutions across the board are having these problems. I want to play for you Chuck Todd on yesterday's Meet the Press talking about the CDC. As we've said before, as COVID goes, so goes Joe Biden's presidency. And right now, COVID is a major health and political problem. A combination of new variants like Delta and Omicron and stubborn vaccine refusal among millions has led to an all-time high in cases. Seven-day average of confirmed cases has just blown past previous records, and that doesn't even begin to account for people who don't report results of at-home tests or who are asymptomatic. Hospitalizations are spiking as well, but the death rate so far has ticked up much more slowly, owing in part to what appears to be a less severe illness that is caused by Omicron. The public is in a different place, though, than it was a year ago. And the Biden administration is desperately trying to catch up. The CDC has offered confusing and at sometimes contradictory advice. The Supreme Court seems skeptical about the best tool in Biden's toolbox, the vaccine mandates. And stay-at-home guidelines and school closures have given us a feeling of a recurring nightmare. All of it adds up to a big political problem for the president, who pledged to restore confidence in the government's ability to competently handle this crisis. Yes, Joe Biden promised to end COVID. It was, as Charlie pointed out, his no new taxes moment. It was Joe Biden's mission accomplished moment. If Joe Biden's last name were Bush, the media would be giving him unmitigated hell for breaking his promise but they're covering for him because his last name is Biden, not Bush. If his last name were Bush, they would be comparing Joe Biden promising to beat COVID to no, read my lips, no new taxes, or mission accomplished. But they're in damage control mode for Joe Biden. The CDC has mixed and muddied the messages. The school systems have overplayed their hands. Parents are furious. They promised us the vaccine would prevent the virus, and in fact, it's more of a therapeutic. Now, you know, in general, with a lot of vaccines, like the flu vaccine and all, you tend to not get the virus, or if you get it, you get far less severe symptoms. And that's essentially what's happening with this one. But they didn't spit it that way. They didn't couch it that way. They didn't advertise it that way. They advertised it as you won't get the virus. And then they started systematic bullying of people who did not want the vaccine mandate. Mika Brzezinski was on uh, Morning Joe talking about the vaccine mandate today. Listen to this. 
Uh, the thing that I find confusing, though, is that if you leave this up to the states, we're going to have patches of the country that are unvaccinated, and it's clear the vaccines work. And it's not that just bad things are going to happen. Those who are unvaccinated die from, specifically, the coronavirus. So I'm having a hard time understanding why they're heading towards striking this down, Dave. Yes, well, you know, this is political ideology. This is the uh, conservative wing of the Supreme Court going to flex its muscle. Uh, but I do think, Mika, there's a little bit of good news here. I do think they are more likely than not to keep the mandate as it applies to healthcare workers. That's the second case that was before them. And again, it's, it's not a total mandate, but it's it's closer when it comes to healthcare workers. We're talking about 10 million workers, and these are in healthcare facilities that get federal funding through the Medicare and Medicaid program. And there's a long history of the federal government saying, if you want our money, you got to play by our rules. And Justice Kagan, I think, won the day when she said, when you're a healthcare worker, the one thing that you cannot do is kill your patients. So I think when it comes to healthcare workers, that pseudo mandate is going to continue. But again, this all goes back to the issue of of the vaccine and the virus and the data. You're not stopping your workers from getting the virus now. You're not. I have a solution. I have a solution to the the how we need to handle COVID moving forward. I, I, I got a solution for you. I, I, are you. Are you ready? Let's treat COVID like everything else moving forward. Let's treat COVID like everything else moving forward. So I would make one exemption to that. That is, if you get COVID, you stay home for a prescribed number of days and then come back. You don't have to worry about the test anymore. Now, this is real world situation here. Uh, I have a niece who vaccinated all that, but still got COVID. And her doctor says she can go back to work, but she's tested positive still. The PCR test, you can continue to test positive for 12 weeks after getting over COVID with the PCR test. The antigen test and the rapid test, you don't do that. But so many people are getting the antigen test. So many people are getting the rapid test. They're in short supply. So people are having to get the PCR test. And the PCR test is showing that people are still positive, even though they're not. And you should be able to rely on your doctor and go back to work. You don't have symptoms. You don't have fever. Go back to work. But don't mandate the vaccine anymore. There's no reason to mandate the vaccine at this point. People should get it. Let's be clear here. I think people should get it. You are minimized in your, um, you are minimized in the viral fallout. Typically, you don't have nearly as bad a case. I think that's good. I think that people should get it because it does, in fact, still build immunity. But I don't think they should be made to get it. Open schools back up. Kids are still the least likely to be impacted by COVID, despite what Sonia Sotomayor said, kids are least likely to be impacted by it. And here's the other thing we ought to do as a society, disincentivize the awards for showing up every day. One of the things that has always infuriated me as both a student and now a parent, 
is the award schools give for the kid who's never missed a day of school. I realize you want to award a work ethic. But if a kid is sick, shouldn't they stay home? And there are a lot of employers out there who incentivize workers being seen in the office. And the Puritan work ethic, so to speak. And if you're sick, by God, you're going to plow through it and you're going to keep working. No, we actually need to dis- we need to discourage that now. If you're feeling bad, stay home. Work remotely. We can live our lives in common sense and not by fear. And part of living our life in common sense and reasonably and not by fear is to recognize the virus isn't going away now. And there's no reason for schools to stay closed up unless there just aren't enough workers there. And that can become a problem. There can be worker shortages. There's a Mexican restaurant across from my house we eat at all the time. And when I say all the time, I mean, y'all, we eat there probably once a week. Minimum. The restaurant is closed until tomorrow because so many workers have COVID. In those situations, close. Be responsible. But otherwise, go live your life now. Otherwise, just go live. Stop living in fear. Stop feeling compelled to wear a mask. You know what they're going to do now is they're going to try to make all of us wear N95 masks. Say, go about your life, live and love life, but wear an N95 mask. That's not going to fly with people. They're going to try it, I bet, but it's not going to fly with people. Instead, go get your shot. Get your booster shot, just like every year you get your flu shot, get your booster shot every year. And then if you get COVID, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go to the hospital. You're not going to fill up the hospital. Get yourself in health. Get in shape. Diet. Lose weight. Exercise. Get healthy. But stop rearranging society for a virus. The virus is burning through society no matter what. And the fact that they can't figure this out and the polling itself, that they are so fundamentally institutionalized in a behavioral pattern that isn't working for them anymore, maybe just maybe it's time to realize we got to move on and do something different. And that difference shouldn't be governed by polling. They should not be digging in their heels or altering their course because of what polling shows. They should be doing it because of what the science shows. And the science shows We can manage this now and live our lives, and they should. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Y'all, the moment I clicked the button to make the pretty sound, I realized I had messed up because I was supposed to tell you about Patriot Mobile, cell phone company that you should be using if you're a conservative because they help fund the conservative movement and you get great service nationwide. I mean, you don't have to worry about your service because they use the same towers everybody else uses and you get great discounts as a veteran, first responder, as a uh, as a teacher, uh, you name as a gun owner, you get a discount and they have 100% U.S.-based customer service. You can reach out to them, get free activation by calling 972-PATRIOT or just go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You tell them I sent you, you get free activation. They are a great company. Y'all, I've been in rural Georgia and I've been able to use Patriot Mobile and have great cell service. You can, too. Wherever you are in the country, they've got great coverage maps, detailed coverage maps, 5G, data, wireless, voice, you name it. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Now, uh, for those of you on my flagship station, WSB, you should know uh, y'all are about to transition into coverage of the college football championship. Mark Aram is going to be on with you. For the rest of us, however, we got a lot more to talk about today because so much happened over the weekend as the Democratic talking points began to shift. But one thing I want to spend a little bit of time on because I've been actually doing, I, I, I shouldn't say reporting, 
but I have been digging in. And I've experienced this myself locally here in middle Georgia where I am, but nationwide, the number of businesses that are having to shut up shop because of COVID. The Omicron variant is blowing through so quickly. A buddy of mine is saying he just feels like everybody knows has gotten it. I, I, I feel like almost everyone I know, and I notice I'm saying I think, it, it, not saying I think, I, I feel like it is a perception thing for sure that everybody out there is getting COVID uh, and they're getting the Omicron variant. Thankfully, not a bad variant to get if you're going to get it, but still. School teachers are, you know, in the metro Atlanta area, it became a political thing last week. Unfortunately, they couldn't open schools last week in Atlanta. People were like, oh, my gosh, it's remote learning. They're going to go and definitely know it was because so many teachers had tested positive for COVID. They couldn't actually physically open the schools last week. Teachers had to stay home to recover. They were feeling okay, but they were contagious. So they had to do that, it, it, and it turned into a political issue. Around the country, this is happening right now as everybody tries to accommodate uh, the COVID situation. I want to take your phone calls as well. 877-973-ERIC, 877-973-ERIC. I'm sorry, 877-973-7425. My brain is broken. Uh, Actually, I got my stitches out. My brain is no longer broken. I, I am recovered. Hallelujah. But also, something else to talk about. It looks like the Federal Reserve is going to have to be more aggressive in tackling inflation than they first thought which is very interesting because they were trying to slow walk this and it's causing all sorts of problems for the markets today as tech stocks start to get scrambled over interest rates probably going up quicker than they expected. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution if you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business. First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no, it's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 